Hello, everybody, and welcome to Parks Podcast. My name's Austin Parkinson, and this week we're going to touch on a subject that I enjoy thoroughly in my spare time, and that is movies. Uh, love movies, diehard movie watcher, and one of my favorite types of movies is the Marvel Universe. This week I'm going to be joined by one of my assistant coaches and also a diehard fan herself, Coach Diara Goss. Diara, welcome, and uh, how excited are you to talk about uh, one of our favorite subjects? I'm super excited. I love superhero movies. It's my favorite. Okay. Well, before we get into the you know, movie, obviously Avengers Infinity War just came out. Uh, Dear and I both saw it um, in the past couple weeks. Um, but I have a couple questions we're going to discuss. First being, let's just start off with who's your favorite character in the Marvel Universe and why? Um, my favorite character is Nakia from the Black Panther. Um, she's my favorite because not only is she a woman of color, but she also um, displays a passion for helping others in her country, especially when she is more fortunate than most. I like her. I think she's a character. We don't know a lot about her yet. Obviously, only, you know, two movies now. But I think she's a character um, that I, I hope uh, kind of continues on. I've heard that there's a possibility she takes over for Tony Stark. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I, I've heard that twist that, that she she takes over the suit, which leads me to my favorite character, which is Tony Stark. Um, one, for his humor. He makes me laugh. Two, I, I like his character arc. You know, he obviously started out very selfish. He's kind of grown in, in a lot of different ways, sacrificed himself now multiple times in some of these movies. I also like that he's creative. You know, he thinks outside the box. He's got all these different ideas. Um, and then my last thing is, I kind of feel like anybody could be Tony Stark. Like he doesn't have a true superpower. He's just rich and he's creative and he's put those ideas, uh, you know, into play. So he's my favorite. Now, I, I want you to tell me who's your least favorite Marvel character? Um, it would be Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. I just, I'm, I've never been a fan of her. I feel like she's just... She doesn't bring a lot to the table when she is out there trying to avenge. Uh, my Mine would be, you know, I don't like Hawkeye. I don't understand Hawkeye's purpose. <laughs> I don't know what he brings to the table. The guy literally has a bow and arrow and that's it. He has no superpower. There was a great skit on Saturday Night Live about, you know, they're trying to save the universe and, you know, Hawkeye law ran out of arrows. Like, what's he going to do? So one, he has no superpower. So how does he pack in like 300 arrows for a fight <laughs> in his little like backpack? So that's not realistic. Two, he's not even that athletic. Like from what I'm told, he's like five, five. So I don't understand his purpose. I don't understand like where he came from. I don't understand how people have like an affinity for him. What are your thoughts? I like Hawkeye. I feel like he, for your arrow question, he might go around and like snag him out of the people he's already, you know, killed is, would be my prediction. Cause there's no way he's been 300 in there. Correct. But what movie have you seen that in? I mean, all you do is seem like, choo, 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 I mean, he's rapid fire and then magically he just has arrows. I'm like, just using my, my imagination. If I had to guess, I mean, with the, uh, Blackwood, I mean, what is she doing? Grabbing gadgets and, and hitting people like, I don't know. I'm, I've just never been thrilled. And her one liners are just, just ridiculous in the movies. So. Well, no, there's there's no doubt about <laughs> Black Widow. I don't know what she does either. She flips her hair around. She does some cartwheels like I'm with you. I don't really understand, uh, you know, her character arc either. But uh, again, now let's talk about uh, your order of favorite villains 
Okay. And okay. I'll, I'll start. I'll, I know you want to think about this. I'll give you mine first. Um, I think the best villain of all time easily is Loki. Um, I think he's the best actor. He's been in the most movies. He always gets you thinking that he's going to turn the corner, that he's going to improve. He's going to change. And then he pulls the rug out from under you every time. So he's my favorite. Mm hmm. Second favorite, Thanos, um, you know, most recently. I thought they did a pretty good job with the CGI stuff. I mean, he was mm -hmm. believable. Clearly, he has the power, um, you know, second to none. And then my last would be uh, uh, Hela from uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Man, she was fierce. Like, she was, you know, she came in killing cats right away. So uh, those are my order. I think Loki's the best, you know, the best villain of all time. What about you? Um, my favorite off top would be Killamonger from Black Panther. I feel like he he was a villain villain um obviously but his reasoning was still good. It was it was a bad delivery but but good intentions I guess would would be my um you know helping people that are less fortunate. And well, go ahead. You know with that I kind of wish he was a character that would have maybe been a couple more movies. Right. Like, I was, or we would have got a little bit more. Like, I liked his backstory. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice to get more of his backstory. You know, obviously, Hela, you know, she gets wiped out. But those other two that I mentioned, Loki and Thanos, you know, we've been getting glimpses of Thanos in movies for a while. Loki's been in a number of movies. I agree. I had him as my fourth. I wish he could have been in more movies because I actually thought his story was compelling. Yeah, he was He was my favorite. And that's what I said when at the end of the movie. I was upset that he, he had to go. Um, um, my second favorite would be Thanos just because of how uh, unstoppable he is. I mean, he literally beat up Hulk in about 20 seconds and Hulk did not want to come back out for the rest of the movie. That tells you how powerful he is. And then, I mean, his vision, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, I can understand why he feels that way, but I don't agree with his method again of, of how he's trying to uh, make the earth more self-sustainable. And then. Well, with that, I don't understand how. So I get where he's coming from. Not saying I would agree with mm -hmm. it, but I, I understand what he's trying to accomplish. Okay, but once once he does that, now what? Like he seems like, and and we'll get into this when we start talking about Avengers: Affinity War. But mm -hmm. like now that he's kind of wiped everybody out, what now? And it's, I I think there's going to be. I think he's going to be bored. I think he's going to kind of find that what happened was meaningless. Well, I mean, there's not. It would just. It's just going to happen again. Like there's no way that you can control the entire Earth's population. I mean, he can, obviously, but that would be something that would take a toll on his moral being, I would assume, you know. I mean, he killed Gamora and he was in shambles for the entire movie. So continuing to try to control the Earth's population, I feel like it's just going to be too much for him if he does that, because eventually the Earth is just going to repopulate and be, you know, overpopulated. Um, and then I really like Loki, too. And I like Loki for the same reasons you do. He always gets, you know, Thor. You always think that he's going to turn that corner. And my favorite scene is um, the scene where they did the get help. And then he thought he was going to trick Thor again. And he's like, brother, like, you're never going to change. I finally am understanding this. And you're you're going to make some choice, you know, so. Also with Loki, I think if you say anything in a British accent, it mm -hmm. makes you likable. Um, I felt like if I coached in a British accent, I would be the most <laughs> likable coach in the history of mankind. You can say basically whatever you want, but if you say it in a British accent, it's like, ah, yeah, not so bad. And I feel like Loki like fits into that. Like, even though he does awful things and he constantly stabs people in the back, like as a person and watching movie, you're like, oh, I kind of like you. Yeah. I, I, I want to challenge you, Coach P. One practice this year for the entire practice, just talk in a British accent to see how everybody reacts. If, it would be great. 
great. I might try that. <laughs> if, if I could get it down to where it was a quality and believable accent, I might, I might try to do that. Now, it's not so bad. You're a big uh, uh, Marvel fan. Uh, and to give people background on your excitement uh, of the Marvel Universe, we had an off day this year. We'd been on a number of road trip where we'd been out for a while. We got back. I asked Coach Goss to say, hey, you know, what, what's your plans for tomorrow? Her plan was literally to sit on the couch eat cookies and watch a Marvel movie after Marvel movie, catch up on Guardians of the Galaxy. She hadn't seen that yet. So we're talking high level uh, dedication and uh, opening night. Um, she had tickets way in advance. So she was ready to go without we're going to break down the movie. Just give me your initial thoughts after when you walked out of the theater. What were your initial thoughts on uh, Avengers Infinity War? I was literally in distress. It was just so much content in that movie that I had to, on my drive home, I just had to sit in silence and try to process what I had just watched to try to piece together like the insanity. It was it was a great movie. I mean, it, I'm not saying that in a bad way. It was just so many great elements and components to the movie. I just, I couldn't digest it all at once. I had to, I had to the whole ride home, the whole 10 minutes. <laughs> I really liked it. I actually liked it better than Age of Ultron. Um, there were more people involved in this, and, and we'll discuss. But I thought there was smoother transition. There was obviously action, you know, from beginning to end. Um, and then we'll get into what happened at the end of this. But um, you know, there's been a lot clearly building to it. And I was curious, how are you going to incorporate so many characters? How are you going to bring them in? And I thought that part uh, was really smooth. The other thought. That I had was, you know, you had to really bring it after Black Panther. Mm -hmm. You know, Black Panther set the bar really high, probably the best, you know, Marvel film of all time outside of maybe, you know, the early Iron Man when, you know, nobody had a perspective of the Marvel Universe. Now you've got, you know, this Black Panther movie that has been wildly successful, but visually was stunning. You know, to come back after that and still have a movie that, you know, probably took that and maybe maybe raised the bar, at least was on on par with it. I thought that was hard to do. And I thought they accomplished it. Yeah, it was jaw dropping. I mean, from the time, you know, you sat down to the literally the time you left, you were just engaged the entire time. So you go through the opening scene. Now, we knew there were going to be some deaths in this movie. Um, spoiler alert, people. <laughs> uh, a lot of people die. And we're going to we're going to cover that. So, you know, if you haven't watched the movie, and you don't want to know. Turn off the podcast. But opening scene we lose <laughs> loki and Himdall, the guy that guarded uh the the entrance to asgard like did you think it was necessary and did you like the way that they died i didn't think i mean obviously you don't want any of the good characters to die or anybody that you're a fan of but i mean i just felt like it was too much too early like it was literally the opening scene everybody from Asgard is dead except for two or well, three people Thor Loki and Heinmel and uh, I mean I didn't feel like it was it was necessary for Loki to die the way he did especially with all the movies that he's done the importance he you know how important he was in all the Marvel movies and he was just snap of the fingers gone for real this time <laughs> yeah that's what was kind of hard to figure out in this movie was like okay was he re really gone or was he not and I mean they do I mean they kill both of them right away and all these times where it looks like Loki's dead and then he comes back like they just, mm -hmm. it was five minutes and he's out of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think they had to do that from the standpoint of, uh, one, they had to grab your attention. Two, they had to let you know that like Thanos is for real. <laughs> and and I've heard people talk um, about the movies that they wish Thanos had more of a backstory. You know, obviously we've gotten glimpses of him, mm -hmm. but more interaction with him to kind of see 
you know, what kind of destruction level he's capable of. He's always sending his minions off to do things. So had we seen some of that, maybe that wouldn't have been as necessary. But at the beginning, you need to feel anybody can go. And after that scene, anybody right. could go. Well, I mean, in the first three minutes when he literally two-pieced Hulk in like three seconds and Hulk was done at that moment I knew Thanos was for real like he, you don't you don't punch the Hulk and he's just like down for the count so I could have dragged out Loki's death at least till halfway through the movie yeah <laughs> as a character I wish we would have you know liked to have seen that um, a little longer but I also think you know to start the movie um, you know they wanted to uh, make sure that they put you on your toes <laughs> How'd you like how they incorporated so many different characters? You know, there were so many different characters in the Marvel Universe. Uh, one of the things you mentioned was you liked the, the song aspect of it uh, when the music came in. Talk about that and how they incorporated so many characters. I liked how they broke up the different movie, like the different characters. So like the Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy, they just aren't, they weren't all together in one, you know, pod and, you know, the um, people from Black Panther, they all, they all weren't together in one pod. They kind of split that up. So Rocket and Thor are hanging out, Gamora and, you know, I like that. I thought that was really cool. And the music was phenomenal. I, I downloaded the uh, soundtrack, as you know, and listened to it from on my way to and from work. So I get excited. Um, well, you really liked in the movie how when certain music pertained to certain you know, groups, whether it was Guardians of the Galaxy, that it was kind of, you know, their entrance. So you kind of had an idea. Yeah, sure. So um, when the first scene, when they went back to Wakanda, the movie from the Black Panther, you know, that, that kind of came up. And when the Gar Guardians of the Galaxy, when they first were introduced, their music from their soundtrack first came up. And I thought that was cool how they incorporated like all the different movies, music. The interesting part to me was how they incorporated so many different characters. I actually thought Age of Ultron, it was more forced in how they got everybody together. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was seamless. And, and the way they got together and, you know, how you bring in Guardians of the Galaxy and, um, you know, how Tony Stark, inter, you know, uh, you know, has interaction with everybody. Um, I, I was really impressed with that part of it because it seemed smooth that you had so many different characters involved in a movie, but their impact was important. And the connection between the group, I thought, um, you know, was important as well. Sure. When you think about like each individual character, they're the stars in their movie for them to be able, like you said, to be seamless and just work together like it wasn't anything I thought was really cool. And they each of them had their um, own importance and significance. Now, one of the parts I didn't understand that the writing behind, mm -hmm. why would they not try harder to hide the stone that Vision has, which is which stone is that? Uh, the Mind Stone. The Mind Stone. Uh -huh. And then the Time Stone that Doctor Strange has. Doctor Strange, they just decide we're going to take him head on. And mm -hmm. Vision, we're like, you know, we're going to take our time. We're going to go Wakanda and destroy it. Like, my thought would be, why wouldn't you try to get those things as far away as possible? And if Thanos is going to come, like, make him work for it. Well, with... Doctor, I don't. We don't know too much about Doctor Strange outside of that one movie, and so I'm not really sure why he wouldn't. You know, when um, when Bruce came back and let him know that hey, Thanos is on his way, why he wouldn't be like? I think he underestimated Thanos at that point until he was there. Until um, he was captured, he's like, okay, so they are for real. But um, with Vision, I think it. 
I think it was more of a Wanda Maximoff thing. Like he didn't want to leave her or, you know, they were in love or whatever. So I feel like they had to incorporate that in the script. Like he can't just go hide, you know, as far as he can. I feel like Wanda would have had some sort of, you know, problem with that or wanted to go with him or, and I mean, if you think about it, all Thanos was doing was snapping his fingers and disappearing. Like it wasn't like he had to anywhere far to travel. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. What about though, Captain America, mm-hmm. you know, he enters the scene, they're discussing, you know, what should we do with vision? And somebody brings up like basically, we need to destroy, you know, the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, we're not trading one life, you know, for like, yeah, we need to. <laughs> yeah. Like why somebody needs to step up. Like I didn't understand that, like rationale, like, you know, just because, you know, she's in love with the Scarlet Witch. Like, no, mm-hmm. there's billions of people over the universe. And he's not even a real person. He's yeah. computer generated. I don't know. He's I, actually, a, a, you know, and AI. Vision made a good point. He was getting ready to lay his life down when, you know, in his very first movie. So I don't know what really has changed since, you know, the very first Captain America, why he, why he didn't feel as if it was necessary, but I thought it was odd too. I mean, that would have been the easiest, most logical way of not letting Thanos get the stone. I do think Dr. Strange underestimated Thanos, but I do think once he sees his power, you know, he starts to understand the reality and the gravity of the situation. Then they talk and he sits there and goes, he sees all the different um, outcomes. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the number was, but it was an incredible number. 14,305. Okay. See, that's why you're the expert. <laughs> and so 14,305. And he says, there's only one way. So when he gives the stone away in the movie, it has to be for a reason. Oh, for sure. So it's got to be for a reason. A lot of different things happen. We get to the end and uh, Thanos snaps his fingers and boom, half the population dies. It's gone. With that, it's gone. With that, you lose Black Panther. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We lost um, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Who else did we lose? We lost Star Lord. He was gone. Star Lord, yep. We lost Drax, Mantis, most of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We lost. Um, Black Panther, Black Panther's right hand general. I can't pronounce her name. Oh, yeah. Akoye, yeah, yeah. something to. That so did you? What did you think of the ending? And did you see it coming? Groot. Um, no, I did not see that coming. I, th- I mean, it's a two and a half hour long movie, and I was thinking, okay, what's the next thing? Like, what's going to happen? I was. Uh, in shambles when that happened. Like, I, you never want all the characters to die. I, I did not expect that at all. Bucky was gone. Um, See, I didn't. Uh, it what got me was I thought the this because there's a part two to this. Sure. I thought they would spend, you know, the entire time Thanos collecting the stones. I thought he'd get like three of the five or whatever stones. Mm-hmm. I had no idea he'd actually get all of them, and then wipe out everybody and uh you know you saw the movie before i did and then i saw it and then we discussed it and uh i remember being like you know i could not believe that that many characters especially black panther right after the success of that last movie well then i mean that that kind of lets you know that okay they might be gone for you know until may 3rd of next year but they're going to come back you know tenfolds here in a little bit to try to take thanos down Correct me if I'm wrong, but the original Avengers are all still there. Yes. For Tony Stark. Yeah, Iron Man, uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. We know Hawkeye's doing nothing someplace. He's retired. Scarlet Witch. So all like <laughs> a Black Widow. Yeah. Black. Yeah, they're uh-huh. all still you know, intact. So the original and the Avengers, Hulk that never came out. He's all. Yeah, the Hulk that never came out. Who was traumatized by his <laughs> beatdown that he took? Um, you know the ending. Two more thoughts on the ending. Who was more selfish during the movie, in your mind, Star-Lord or Thor? Star-Lord, 
you know, and instead of just when, when they're getting ready to rip off the gauntlet glove, mm-hmm. uh, he gets upset by Gamora, lets his emotions get involved and starts wailing on um, Thanos, mm-hmm. which then distracts them. And ultimately, they're not able to get the glove off and the events occur, you know, that happen after that. Mm-hmm. Thor, because at the beginning of the movie, when he watches Loki die at the very end of the movie, when he finally has the hammer and he goes to kill Thanos, mm-hmm. it wedges right into his chest mm-hmm. and Thor does that to gloat so that he can say, Mm. basically, you know, I told you at the beginning I was going to get you. And Thanos says, you probably should have gone for the head. So which character in your mind was more selfish? I think Star-Lord was more selfish. I hadn't thought about, and I thought about Star-Lord's situation. I hadn't thought about Thor's, but I think Thor's was more of a, of an ignorant. I don't think he, I know he wanted to gloat, but I don't like, I don't think he would ever think to go for the head. Like if he had thought to go for the head, put the hammer on the head. I mean, Thanos, he could still say what he wanted to say at the end of the day. I think star Lord was extremely selfish and I understand, you know, a loss, but they were like this close to getting the gauntlet off. And I I don't, don't you think star Lord, first of all, he's an emotional character anyway. Second of all, love, right? You factor in love. Right. I mean, you look at Thor and he's seeking vengeance for Loki, who he kind of didn't really all like all that much anyways. Yeah, like, I understand, but I don't think it he... seemed like he wanted to spike the football. Just take just, the guy's head off. It could have saved humanity. I don't, but I don't think he would have like thought of that. Like I, I personally wouldn't, I would have gone for his heart too. I wouldn't have thought to go for his head. Just, just as, just to kill somebody. Like, I mean, True. Like, again, he has all the stones. I'm sure, you know, Thor is not thinking, oh, he can just go back in time or change reality. Like, I think he just saw an opportunity and just hurled it over there. I thought, I mean, and, and Tony Stark, Iron Man, he warned Star-Lord. He's like, hey, we almost got it off. You could beat him up in like three seconds. Just give me, like he warned him and I get yeah. it, you know, love. But you may have, you, you may have me there. Let me ask you this before we go into our next uh, little uh, fun activity that I have. <laughs> What do you think is going to happen? We we know there's no way with all these characters and the money that Marvel mm-hmm. makes that they're all going to be gone. So how do they get brought back? And how do, you know, or any theories that you might have about what's going to happen in, in next May? I have, I really don't know. I've kind of, I haven't done much research just because of how distressed I was. Like, I'm scared to read something I don't want to read right now. Um, I don't know. I feel like they'll get the gauntlet somehow and revive everybody and have them come back. Now, will all of the Avengers still survive at the end of the day? I don't think so. I think, you know, I think Chris Evans, uh, Captain America, I think he's done. I think he's getting ready to go. I mean, Tony Stark has been, you know, on on the thinnest of threads here for some time. So he might be gone too. I mean, Vision's gone. That was the worst, worst death I've ever seen in my life. He had to die twice and one by his girlfriend and then Thanos just plucked his brain out essentially. So I didn't like either one. Of, I, I was very upset about that, but. Um, I got a couple of theories. I think one, uh, the soul stone, I, I think they're kind of trapped in like a purgatory type of deal. Okay. And uh, I think that they're, that they're either in like a paradise that they're so happy that they don't even want to leave mm-hmm. that they don't realize that they truly do want to leave. Mm-hmm. Or I think kind of like uh, they're going to have to sacrifice somebody. So somebody's going to have to uh, basically like give up their life, you know, maybe a Captain America so that, you know, the others can, can be returned. Re- yeah. So that yeah. they can be released. That's good. Um, I think there's more to the Gamora thing. Uh, I think it's odd that, that, 
you know, we see that scene at the end with Thanos and, and her. To me, it either means one of two things. Either she's more evil than we realized, or I think he's going to sit back and be like, you know, all that sacrifice was for what? Mm-hmm. And he's going to have, you know, a guilty conscience. Now, you know, there's some other theories out there that, you know, Nebula is going to come back and do some things. But I, I hope that the writers loosely follow the comics. I hope they don't just go, you know, right as, uh, as specifically. But I know it seems like it's going to be, I mean, 12 months, a long time to wait for. May 2nd of next year, Coach. We got to get it. We got to get in there. Yeah, we definitely got to get our <laughs> tickets. Okay. Last thing I want to do here. Um, we've talked about this before. I gave you a little uh, heads up. But uh, we're going to take a look at the NBA playoffs. And uh, we're going to associate uh, Marvel characters with the NBA player that best represents them. So um, you have your list. I'll let you start first and we'll kind of debate whether we agree or disagree. Okay. I wanted to start first with Becky Hammond. Okay. As Gamora. Okay. What do you think about that? I feel like she's she's fierce. She's in the NBA. I mean, the only woman coach, even though she's a fourth assistant, she is... Um, I mean, a great, a great asset to the Spurs, and I feel like, and and the only woman, and Gamora is really the only woman in the Guardians of Guardians of Galaxy who kind of kicks butt and takes names. I like it from the standpoint too. If you look at Becky Hammond, she's not been afraid to uh, um, kind of go out and do her own thing. She played for the Russian national team, mm-hmm. which caused a lot of you know uh, uh, backlash, you know, here in the states at times. Um, she's had to kind of go out and and in a, a man's clearly the NBA is a man's world mm-hmm. right now. We've talked about that, um, and she's kind of created carved her own niche. So yeah, I like that. I like that comparison. I can I can see that one. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with. Uh, to me, one that's kind of obvious, I think Steph Curry's Captain America. And, uh, you know, Mr. Wholesome, um, you know, everybody loves him. You know, he's got his wife with the Insta stories, his mm-hmm. kids coming to, you know. Like Steph Curry can shoot, you know, 10 threes in a row and shimmy mm-hmm. and be really cocky and nobody cares. Yeah. And, you know, Captain America uh, is believed he's kind of what represents, uh, you know, Marvel and, mm-hmm. and you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. America is going to save the day. The so yeah. I think Steph Curry uh, would be Captain America. That's a good one. Okay. What do you think about this one? Drax as Tristan Thompson right now. Somebody who's... <laughs> go ahead and tell me why. I had even somebody else. Go ahead. Somebody who's always just just messing up or doing something wrong at the wrong time. If you think Drax, you know, he's, he tries to fight Thanos at a bad time. He tries to, in the, you know, in the other movies, he's flying things, he's crashing things into things. He just has a really bad perception of timing. And I feel like Tristan Thompson uh, recently has had some issues with timing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's a really good comparison. I, I had Joel Embiid for the kind of comic relief of Drax and the physical, but I think I agree with, uh, with yours a, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit better. That's good. I like that one. The other one I had, now I actually like this player. So uh-huh. when I say this, this is one of my you know favorite players, but I think Clay Thompson is Hawkeye. Uh-huh. They're both one trick ponies. You know, Hawkeye's got his arrows. That's all he's got. You take away his arrows. What does he have? Uh-huh. You know, Clay Thompson's, you know, pull up jumper, three point shot. Like that's his deal. Both of them don't show any emotion. Both of them just kind of are there. Yeah. You know, they can have an impact, but if they, you know, don't say boo, then you wouldn't know any difference. <laughs> so uh, I think Clay Thompson is Hawkeye. Okay. I've got Iron Man slash Tony Stark as Brad Stevens. And you kind of talked, I like that. Kind of talked about the pre- precision of, um, 
of Tony Stark and Iron Man and just how uh, he thinks out of the box. And I feel like that's Brad Stevens to it to a T. I mean, he's doing things right now, you know, especially a side out of bounds plays and and winning games. And I think he's they're a great comparison. Well, Iron Man sees the big picture. Yeah. He's creative uh, and he always seems to be in control of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely that's Brad Stevens. What do you think about uh, Odin as Popovich then? Yeah. Uh, older, uh, wise, kind of can see the big picture kind of at the end of his run and, you know, kind of dealing with the headache of some of the different things of, you know, he's had to deal with uh, Popovich had to deal with Aldridge last year. And now you've got Kawhi and, you know, Odin had to deal with Loki and you know, who's going to take over and <laughs> then had to deal with Hella. So, and not afraid to, you know, not afraid to do some things either. Pop, Pop's yeah. not afraid to get in your face and say some things. That's that's good. Well, and especially in that last, you know, Thor movie, you saw mm-hmm. that Odin had some uh, yeah. sneaky stuff, you know, up his sleeve mm-hmm. when they broke down the castle. Mm-hmm. When he was uh, making his his universe there. Um, I've got the Hulk as LeBron James. And I have that because I feel like LeBron just from a physical aspect is just kind of supernatural. You don't see anybody that big, that quick uh, doing the things that he does night in and night out for 15 years. And here Bruce Banner is, you know, having the gamma effect and, you know, just being different and strong. And I, and I feel like that's just LeBron to me. See, I disagree with that when I, I, I can see where you're coming from. I've got Russell Westbrook as the Hulk uh-huh. because the Hulk seems like he's out of control half the time when he is the Hulk. He's not really thinking team player. Mm-hmm. That's Russ, 100 miles an hour, just, you know, trying to truck everybody over. I had him as the Hulk. I had LeBron as Thor. You know, Thor's the guy that kind of, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, has the physical you know presence, mm-hmm. but he's got the hammer. Uh-huh. And when he brings the hammer and he brings the thunder, like that's it's it. Over. And I think that's LeBron, you know, at the end of the day, when he wants to call on all his might and his strength, especially we've seen in this playoffs, to me, he close, most closely represents uh, Thor. Okay. And my last one, I have Nick Fury as Ty Lue. <laughs> and I have that just from... Um, just from a control standpoint, I mean, you, you have the Avengers, you have S.H.I.E.L.D., and all this time, Nick thinks he's just top dog. He's just running things. And, you know, little does he know you have Hydra that's really incorporated it with, within the S.H.I.E.L.D.s. And not to say that Ty Lue doesn't do a fabulous job with the Cavaliers, but I feel like sometimes he doesn't have as much control as he like. You know, for example, the Robin Hood situation where he tells him to get in the game and he decides not to. So, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Besides, you meant Rodney Hood. I'm sorry, what did I say? Robin uh, Hood? Robin Hood. No, oh, that's I'm sorry, okay. Rodney we, Hood. We, we can look at the DC Universe <laughs> later. I would agree with you on Ty Lue. Uh, there's a great picture from one of the games where like, there's a huddle and GM LeBron and Coach LeBron and Player LeBron uh, are in the huddle and like, Ty Lue's like, trying to squeeze his way in as LeBron's running the team. So I think that is an excellent example. Uh, here's a couple more for you. I think you're really going to like. I saved the two, my two favorite for, uh, or three favorite for last. First, I think Kevin Durant is Star-Lord. And the reason I say that is Star-Lord is a powerful character, is a beloved character, but I feel like he's always trying to explain whether it's to Gamora, whether it's to, you know, when he, the first time he shows up on the scene and he's like, I'm Star-Lord. And they're like, who? Mm. He's always trying to like 
prove that he's like the man when really he is the man. And I think Durant's been that way from OKC and now the Thun, you know, he goes to the Warriors. He wins a championship and he's still like liking mm-hmm. stuff on, you know, secretly liking stuff on uh, Twitter or mm-hmm. on Instagram. So I think Star-Lord's Durant. Uh, I think uh, Loki, Paul George. Really? Paul George. Paul George is the ultimate. I'm going to say what you want to hear, but I'm going to go do my own thing. Really? When he was with the Pacers and, oh, yeah, I'm Mr. Indy and I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew you wanted out. Behind mm-hmm. the scenes, pulls a Loki. Mm-hmm. Goes to the Thunder this year. Oh, yeah, I love it with Russell Westbrook and this, that, and the other. You know he's gone. You yeah. know he's in L.A. So I've got Paul George's Loki. And then my last one is... Uh, Draymond Green is Rocket, all right? (laughs) And the reason I have him as Rocket, you know, Rocket, uh, funny character, Uh uh, lays the smack down whenever he needs to, (laughs) but is reckless and does some crazy things. And I think Draymond's the same way. Mouthy, like, but he does damage. I mean, his energy level is kind of, and at times I think when you're watching, you think it's funny. So <laughs> No, that, um, that's spot on. I love that. Do you have any other characters? or? Uh, uh, no, not really. I was trying to think of one for Black Panther, but I really couldn't, I couldn't put my foot on. I couldn't figure out who would represent him. I know. I felt like I was forced now when I yeah. tried to think of something for James Harden. I felt like uh, James Harden is a possibility, but I feel like, you know, the uh, distinguished uh, uh, nature of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. He has the side where he defends things. I just didn't, you know, didn't know who that was. I would say probably more of a Michael Jordan type of character yeah. if we were looking, sure. um, you know, into the past. So, Did you think of anybody for Spider-Man? Because that was another one I was trying to... Spider-Man, you know, there's so many Spider-Mans now, the young Spider-Man. You know, I was trying to think of a young up-and-comer, mm-hmm. maybe a, a Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz that uh-huh. can fly. I mean, that dunk he had the other night where he just, you know, pogo sticked it off the sure. backboard. Um, but yeah, I couldn't think of, think of one for him. I was going to incorporate some of the WNBA players with some of the uh, more female characters. Uh-huh. Uh, but since you covered, you know, Becky <laughs> Hammonds, I thought that was a good one. I left a couple of those for, uh, for maybe next time. Okay. So it's been fun chatting. Uh, I know we're both uh, Marvel, you know, fans uh-huh. and we'll be on the edge of our seat. So uh, until next time in our next movie review, Coach, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Once again, a special thanks to Coach D.R. Goss for joining us this week to talk all things Marvel, Avengers Infinity War, and a little comparison of NBA players and their best representation of a Marvel character. Please go to iTunes, sign up for Parks Pod on the podcast network, and be sure to rate us as we love to hear your feedback. So thanks again for listening and hope everybody has a great week. 